Hi. It's Bro. And Yumi. And this is Pink Hot Anime. So today we're going to talk about Asahi and Tanaka, two characters that we think are really underrated. Yeah. So, and yeah. underrated as in like, people don't really talk about them in like yeah. the fandom. Even though like we think about them a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Because I think in my opinion, they both have quite big roles, I guess, yeah. in the team. Like from the way the other characters, for example, like, speak about them so like Mishinoya yeah. like when he speaks about Asahi mm-hmm. you know you can see that he's like he considers him a vital person in the team like to the point where he didn't want to come back and also Tanaka was like I think he, oh I remember that he played in actually like all the matches that Karasuno had so like yeah. he was here like all along yeah exactly like with Tanaka as well um wasn't he kind of the person who was considered to be, well, who was like a potential ace, I guess, for when Asahi yeah. kind of left their jail, obviously, afterwards. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like people just always forget about him, or they just kind of see him as like the comic relief character, like, you know, the character that kind of gives you a bit of laugh and they just forget about mm-hmm. him, but there's like yeah. more to his character and we actually got to see that. My theory is that um people, like Haikyuu fans, don't really like care about Asahi and Tanaka because they're not like pretty yeah I, I get what you mean yeah people like the the standard like pretty anime boy like they definitely don't really fit into that standard maybe yeah. so I that's why seeing, i kept seeing people photoshop like hair on tanaka and i'm like why are y'all doing that <laughs> that's so weird pretty, like what the hell just let him be bold that's so weird because oh wait i remember because like I remember, he actually like shaved his all his whole head because yeah. like he wanted to show that he was determined. Like it's like it's a symbol of how he kind of decided to dedicate his, himself to the team. Like it's like you know when you're a Buddhist monk, you have to shave your like yeah. one of the last steps. I think mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, it's like to shave your whole head. So it's like really like symbolic and stuff, and then people just Photoshop hair on him. Yeah, and like they'll be like, "Oh, doesn't Tanaka look pretty with hair?" And I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, like just let him be bold. Like he looks cute. Just let him be bold. Yeah. You know, it adds it adds to his character. I feel like. Yeah, it does. I think then- people forget like as well like right at the beginning. You know how um, Kageyama and Hinata couldn't actually get on the team because their teamwork was basically really bad. And like yeah. Daichi basically said, until you lot can like work together, you mm-hmm. guys can't practice. And then Tanaka actually ended up getting the keys and like getting them to, like they made, like they let him practice. No, wait. Yeah, they let, um, he let Hinata and Kageyama practice early in the morning yeah. for the match that they had to do. Like, who else will do that? Like, people just forget mm-hmm. about that. Like, Tanaka is so sweet and caring. Yeah, but it shows how much he cares about the team. Because, like, I think he mostly did it because, like, Daichi said that um Hinata and Kageyama would be, like, really important for the team if they managed to work together. And I think he really took that to heart and he, well, he put the time to train with them. And that's really, yeah, that shows how he is as a person, so... I feel like I also want to think that it's it's because he saw, like, potential in them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they're both really good. They just kind of have to work on their teamwork. 
essentially. And they managed I, to do that with Tanaka's help, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, like, um, I think Tanaka was, like, one of the first um, actual volleyball players who really complimented Hinata on his jumps and stuff. Yeah. Like, at first he wasn't really, he didn't really like Kagiyama, but Hinata he, he liked from the start. And I think that really, I don't know, he's just yeah. a really important character. I think, yeah, like, I feel like it's because Hinata obviously was already kind of like a warm person, like, you know, very different from Kageyama, who was quite offstandish in the beginning. But that's because, obviously, his team, like his middle school team kind of yeah. him alone in the court. So that's like a whole other issue. But it's yeah. like, I think, I don't know, I just feel like, I just feel like Tanaka just kind of like supported both Kageyama and Hinata in his own ways and like kind of showed his good side to both of them but like in different ways essentially in order to help them yeah. grow and he also did that for like you remember his um childhood friend um oh my god yeah uh kanoka something i think yeah. her name was kanoka and so. she um he was so sweet to her she just like you know the flashbacks we got during um the nationals arc yeah uh, where we seen like Baby Tanaka being like, oh, that's so cool. You're so tall. You're, he's the one who introduces her to volleyball. volleyball. And I think yeah. that's just, that's just really sweet. Yeah. And, and the fact that she kept playing it as well after, yeah. like, you know, yes, he introduced her to it as well, but like, you know, then she kind of ended up loving it on her own as well. I don't know. Yeah. It, just, it was just really nice of Tanaka to kind of bring her there as well to kind of make her yeah. feel more included with like others that were just as tall as her. I thought that mm-hmm. was really sweet of him. I think, oh, one thing I also love about him is that he really respects the third years a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, I think it was the ball boy arc where, like, you know, they, uh, at some point they have, like, a, pra- a practice match with um, Tatiko. And um, that's where, like, Kageyama, um, he kind of yells at his teammates and stuff. At yeah. Asai and uh, Tanaka just gets really mad. He's like, he's about to like fight him and stuff because he just he really thinks it, it's important to yeah, like, like the hierarchy kind of set. Yeah. So not in like a bad way, but it's just like with a term of respect. Like for example, yeah. he likes being called senpai like by the younger students because like it kind of <laughs> feel like you know they can look up to him and like go to him mm-hmm. for help. Yeah, I feel like that's obviously translating the fact that he also kind of respects the older years as well and would probably do the same to them and it's just i really like think that he's a pillar of the team i don't think the team would work without him like everybody's important of course but like you can't remove him yeah like he just brings that energy to the team i feel like everyone else is kind of like they're hyper in their own way but like tanaka is like a different hyper like he makes them hyper to like do well and like he gets them fired up in a different way than like Noya does and like yeah. the other teammates do. Mm-hmm. If his energy wasn't there, I feel like the team would be so different. That reminds me of like uh, the the one the match where he where there were like people who say oh wait I think it was in Arizaki. Um, there were like people in the audience who were like um the ball guy keeps screaming and stuff, but he's not really doing anything. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, just let him scream. Let him scream. Like, this is a performance. Yeah, like, he's putting on a show for you. Why are you yeah. not appreciating it? It's also the match where uh, there's, like, 
what's his name like Omimi something like that um he calls oh, him like that player that Inarizaki player yeah. isn't it yeah yeah he calls him a cheap version of Bokuto and I was like <gasps> the disrespect that was so uncalled for it's not they're not even the same like as in I don't know. I feel like Bokuto's and like Tanaka's energy are so different, and like the roles that they play in their team are so different. You know, it's like how are you even gonna compare Tanaka to Bokuto? Not because Bokuto is bad or because Tanaka is bad. It's just they're both so different in their own way. You know, like they're both talented, but like with Tanaka, he's he de- he's definitely aware of his position in the team and his role that he has to play. Whereas with Bokuto, like the whole of Fukurodani kind of treats him as a star. Yeah. of the team you know they know that that's their ace like you know he's their star they're just gonna make sure to get the ball to him and like you know let him shoot whatever you know but like with Tanaka it's a bit different I feel like because he also provides he's like he provides support to the other team yeah. members as well so like it's not all on him if that makes sense so like I don't know I feel like calling him a cheap version of Bokuto was just uncalled for that's just really like mean especially because we get like his inner like monologue. I reread that thing like not too long ago, so I remember. And yeah. what he said at that at some point was like he always thought that he was average. Like mm-hmm. even if there's a moment where he thinks he's really good, he he thinks he's average, and then he just and then he just goes like, wait, wait a minute, I don't really have the time to think about like whether or not I'm good. I have to play like right now. And yeah. I think that was just really cool. Yeah. I feel like when we read the manga as well, obviously, we get, like, as you were saying, we get his inner thoughts and like we could see how frustrated he was getting, for example, during that time where he couldn't hit, like, he kept getting blocked. So like, yeah. his spikes kept getting blocked and he just couldn't get through. And it's like, obviously, that was losing them points and he felt bad for, the, for his team members because like, you know, Mm-hmm. his fights were getting blocked and then the fact that like he just kept thinking and trying to get through and then when he managed to actually get through it and he was yeah. so happy I thought that was so nice like you know mm-hmm. you can see that he works hard you can see that he tries not just for himself but for his team members as well it's like he's just an all-rounder character I think people should just appreciate him more yeah, yeah. like than him definitely <laughs> also than not to mention how protective he is of like the younger members I guess and like obviously Kyoko too mm-hmm. you know how he always gets in like people's faces whenever they say something bad and like how Hinata yeah. like there was like there was that point where Oikawa wanted to speak to Hinata but then Hinata got a bit scared and I like, was hiding behind um Tanaka and Tanaka was like what do you want like what do you want from like our underclassmen I don't know he's just so protective of like his teammates and just actually I feel like whoever he's probably be protective of them if he knows them yeah I don't know it's just a nice little character trait that he has in my opinion He's just always ready to fight. He's just yeah, like, he's reliable. <laughs> yeah, he's a fire sign. <laughs> Chaotic. He's a Leo. Chaotic. I, don't, I don't even know if he is. Wait, wait, I'm going to, like, look it up. I am actually know any of this, not gonna lie. I remember Akashi's, um, I think he's a Sagittarius. You know what, that kind of explains stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that does. It explains why he likes the book <laughs> Yeah. Um March. he's March the third, so that he's like an Aries, I, I think. think. So. Uh-huh. That explains stuff. <laughs> yeah, that still explains it. 
I say he's a Capricorn, I remember. Mm. Which is why I like him. <laughs> One of the reasons. Um, sh- shall we talk about Assay now? Yeah. Um, well, first off, I really loved his character introduction. Cause like, we don't get to see him at first. And it's like, Hinata went to Karasuno in order to become the ace. But like, there's this whole kind of, well, mystery, I guess, on who's the, who's the ace of the team. Yeah. And we don't get to see him until like the, fourth episode i don't even remember because there was yeah, a long time yeah we don't get to ago. see him that quickly yeah and and there's a the whole thing with like the broom like you, you remember the oh yeah the whole broom incident and we were like mysterious <laughs> and we were like oh don't chuck away this broom and then i was like why <laughs> at first i really thought that like they fought and that somebody killed someone <laughs> or somebody sent someone to the hospital like by hitting them with the broom <laughs> volleyball turned dark. yeah turns out it wasn't like that at all but yeah it was just his introduction was like really because like the image that we have of an ace is like someone who's really like confident yeah and really proud of being the ace but i say at the beginning of the story is the complete opposite like he's he doesn't even want to play volleyball anymore so yeah he's very like he's kind of like end up having self-esteem issues over volleyball I guess like as in that he thinks he's not good enough yeah and I think that match that they had with you know Mm -hmm. Co. yeah that really like ended up ruining it for him and I felt so Mm -hmm. bad when we found out that story at the beginning I was like oh Mm -hmm. you know you wouldn't think that from the ace that it'll get it would affect them so much to the point where they just kind of end up you know, not coming to practice anymore. Yeah, and I think it still shows that he's the ace because he cares so much mm-hmm. and he has, like, that responsibility. And he just felt bad because he felt that he let down his teammates and stuff. Yeah. And then there's this whole, like, thing where with Nishinoya, he realizes that he's not alone, that even, yeah. if, even if he gets blocked... um. There's going to be someone behind him who's going to receive the ball anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. I could to kind of know that he's not alone, that he's got his teammates backing him up. I feel like that kind of plays into his overthinking personality, where he overthinks yeah. a lot. You know, every little thing he kind of does, he overthinks it. And it's like, you know, he sees himself completely different from the way other people see him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that also kind of translates into his um, volleyball playing style I guess and it's quite nice to see his development I guess where he goes from like you know continuously doubting himself because of that match that happened to then kind of slowly become very confident in his skills and like even when sometimes when he's playing he'll like suddenly start doubting himself or be like well no I'm the ace you know I have to like I have to do this if I can't get through it then who can I think he probably said that somewhere in the manga I cannot remember when but he said (laughs) something like this I'm sure of it it was just it was really nice to see that kind of development from Asahi. I think it, it was the moment where I was like really, I don't know, like proud of him was when he kind of got his thoughts on Hinata and Kagema and he was like, wait, I'm, I can't get, I can't let them outshine me because I'm the Yeah, a. yeah, yeah. 
And then he starts like doing his jump serve and then doing other like techniques. Like, you know, the, the thing where he waits a bit for the blockers to like fall down and then he spikes. Like, yeah, like that delayed spike time. What's up like that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know the name, but I remember that was really it, cool. But, like that was a really cool move. Yeah. And the way he just really wants to live up to the title of the ace. It's yeah. just, it, it's just really nice. Yeah, I really also like when they do that synchronized attack move and then he's the one that ends up spiking it through. It's always so special yeah. to see. Oh yeah, it's like when, um, there was that one, um, the first tactical match with him where he, there were, where, um, Hinata was being the decoy and then they were like doing the synchronized thing. I think they were doing that. And there's this whole like really cool animation where we first we see Hinata and then he falls down and then there's Asahi going up. Yeah. And, oh my god. And that moment is so like dramatic, but it's so cool. It looks so cool. That was that's probably one of my favorite panels or scenes, whatever. Like it it was just so nice to see, especially when you think about how far he came to them to get to that point. That's just so cool. I also really I kind of want to rewatch those episodes because um I think at first he got blocked and stuff and then he had to like hype himself up again because he didn't really want to he didn't want to make the same mistakes. What I, I like about Haiku is that it's never easy. Like, yeah, definitely. Like characters have to <laughs> earn, I guess, their character development. I don't know. Yeah, like, I get what you mean. Mm, it's just nice writing, I think. Yeah, I like the fact that there's focus on every character, even though obviously the fandom kind of chooses which character to focus on and kind of ignore others. I feel like yeah. it's nice that we kind of get a decent enough backstory for all of them, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, I think all of them have at least a bit of backstory. Yeah. Well, yeah like I can't remember everyone. Yeah, there's like a lot of players as well that I introduced, so it's like you kind of end up getting a bit lost, but at least for the main kind of like characters that we see more than like once, I guess, um, you kind of do get a bit of a backstory about them or like some kind of idea of what got them into volleyball or whatever, mm. which is always kind of nice to see. I guess it's kind of different from other mangas and animes, I guess you yeah. could say. In a way, even if it's about volleyball, you can still kind of relate it. You can kind of relate to it still, like you can apply the story to it to yourself I guess you know working with teams you know kind of overcoming your failures and um you know just yeah <laughs> I lost my train of thought but like essentially yeah I really love like when Haiku fans are like actually um Haiku isn't about volleyball it's about and then they just do a whole essay and I love that me <laughs> me writing about how like yeah. Haiku's about friendship and teamwork. Haiku's about love. Yeah. Love is stored in the volleyball. Love is stored in the volleyball. Because I like, I really love sports anime, but I think Mm -hmm. Haiku is on another level. I feel like everybody who watches it would like it. Like, honestly. And also because, like, the story is kind of easy to follow, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they break it down as well. Because I remember when I first I first watched the anime, um, and, like, I didn't really know much about it. But, like, 
the way they kind of broke down each step and kind of explained the rules of the game, I was like, yeah. oh, this is not that bad. This is easy to follow along. Like, I get it. Like, I understand mm-hmm. what's happening. And I think that appeals a lot to, like, you know, anime watchers and, like, especially new ones where they're a bit like, oh, I don't really know mm-hmm. what I want to watch. I don't know what I want, what I would like. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, if you, like, if you're not watching anything, you should probably, like, watch Haikyuu. Yeah, and even if you watch it, already. it before, watch it again. <laughs> Just yeah. watch it again. <laughs> watch and then analyze it. Yeah, write your little essays about how each character is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> In their own and way. It reminds me of, like, what I said the other day on, like, Tumblr. I just said that, you know, people who like Oikawa, Oikawa, yeah. they have so many thoughts on him. Like, they have so many stuff to say. It's because Oikawa is one of the most misinterpreted characters, I think, at least. Yeah, I think. The anime and manga. Yeah, because we don't, we don't really get the same introductions and we don't. Yeah, I feel like. Oikawa, manga Oikawa versus anime Oikawa are like completely, well not completely different, but like kind of different in yeah. the way that they're like introduced. I personally didn't really, like, didn't really have any feelings towards Oikawa. Like, as in, he was just kind of there for me. Like, I kind of liked him, but he wasn't like, you know, one of my faves. And then when I started reading the manga, he like shut up my faves this because the way he's kind of written in the manga is just so different. Like, you get more insight, more insight into his like, thoughts and just kind of like seeing all the work that he did to kind of become the setter that he is today mm-hmm. like you don't really get that much in the anime because obviously it's only a 30 minute episode at the end of the day is that like you, you don't really get that much of a backstory that you would in the manga i thought that um anime okay well was like i just thought oh that's that's a bitch that's like he's just there to be like kind of a little bit mean, a little bit like yeah, and stuff. And I, I didn't hate him at all. I didn't think he was like a terrible person, but I just thought like, oh, that's a jerk. Yeah, and then I just moved on. But you just kind of like don't really think much about him. Yeah. And then the manga just provides a whole different introduction to him, I guess. Just I don't know. Manga Oikawa is like one of my faves. <laughs> manga Oikawa, like. The first time we you see him, he looks so cute. Like he looks so pretty. Yeah, he's like a pretty sweet boy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, we're not talking about like Asian yeah, Tanaka we stopped, anymore. We stopped talking about underrated characters. It always happens, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, I feel like Aikawa could be under that. Well, actually, no, he could be more under the misinterpreted characters. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much you could say about Aikawa. I think. I can understand why all like his little stands like write essays about him because I would too. <laughs> it's the same thing with like Kageyama because like he's a bit of yeah. you have to really like get your brain cells working. Yeah. Because it's like there's nuance. It's not like a linear like character development. He's like yeah, he's going all over the place. So he's very complex. I feel like and. Also, I think it's because we got his backstory, like, really late. Because we got, like, half of his backstory, like, pretty early. And then the other half, like, what happened to his grandfather and stuff. We got it, like, during chapter 387. Yeah. Like, after the time skip, basically. 
I thought that was kind of weird. But... I kind of wish he got that part of the story a bit earlier on than that because I feel like he kind of still went through all that character development. And yes, it was nice to see like how his love of volleyball kind of started. It was because of his granddad and stuff. I feel like it would have made sense to kind of have that story beforehand. Yeah. But then again, I guess but, he kind of went with that panel where he kind of accepted that he was like, you know, a king or whatever. Yeah. But I also loved the drama of having that backstory, that that line where it's like, um, somebody even stronger will come meet you and something like or something oh like God, that. Yeah. And then it's during the match where he's playing against Hinata again and I'm like, my God, I'm connecting dots like Literally, I am seeing. <laughs> I was like, Kakehina is literally canon at that Soulmate. point. I'm sorry. Soulmate, literally. Like, no one else can tell me that they're not. I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, if the author didn't want them to be together, and didn't want them, didn't want us to think that they were in love, he could have just made Yachi and Hinata a couple. Yeah, and he could have worded a lot of the stuff differently. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's like because of the translation. But for the Yachi thing, I really thought that it would make sense actually to have them be, be together. Yeah, yeah, because they have a connection. They're really, they're really good friends. They're really close. Like, and that was from the beginning. Like, we saw that from the beginning. Like, yeah, and it made sense. They're both very like supportive of each other. Yeah. They both they're both really like um really happy, bright people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it would have made sense. And that's a straight couple that I would have supported. So Yeah. So the fact that he didn't make that happen, I just I just think that's interesting. <laughs> you know? There's there's questions that need to be answered sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think, to be honest, at some point, like, well, actually, at one point when we first started seeing more about Yachi, I thought they were going to get her with Kyoko, not going to lie. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I really thought so, too. She always, like, they always showed her blushing around her. Like, I was like, hmm, interesting. Because, like, when we, the first episode that um, Yachi was in, she was like, she basically beca- became a manager because she thought that Kyoko was really pretty. Yeah, I was, I was like, like, oh, <laughs> that's just, that's she just so thought the story could have gone that way, <laughs> but then they didn't. They gave us like Tanaka and Kyoko, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I was shocked. Like, I still like them, but I was really shocked. I was like, oh, Kyoko actually went for Tanaka, like, she actually accepted his advances afterwards. Yeah, really. Like, two years of him pining over her, really. I don't really... Um, I think that Tanaka and Kyoko seem like a really... I don't really get it, because we didn't see that relationship, that relationship, like, develop. Yeah. I feel like they kind of, like, they also just kind of wanted to do that off-screen, because there was that panel of, like, um, Kyoko letting Tanaka carry some of her bags or something yeah. and I feel like that was probably like where the author was like okay people will you know will kind of connect the dots from there and like they will just kind of assume that they developed their relationship kind of off screen essentially and like that to be more from then but I really wish that we could have seen a little, a little bit more at least so that way it made sense when we got reintroduced to them in the time skip 
as them as like a married couple not even like boyfriend and girlfriend like as a married couple yeah (laughs) I was like whoa (laughs) I really didn't get it because with that bag carrying scene I really thought that Kyoko let him do that because they just lost their match so <laughs> I thought that she like, was just feeling bad and that she let him do that out of pity she let him carry her yeah but no horrible. but like apparently that was romantic I don't know I guess so I guess like it could be interpreted in both ways but I don't know I wish we would have seen more of it so that way it didn't seem as confusing when we got introduced to them in the time skip again yeah maybe Maybe the author doesn't know how to write straight relationships. <laughs> maybe he just maybe maybe they just said, you know what, let's just do this off screen. I wanna focus more on like volleyball and like you know, I wanna get to the Brazil art. Probably. I love the Brazil art. I really do. One of my favorites. It's really like I don't know, I just really like all the arcs where we get Hinata alone. Like when he becomes a ball boy and then Beach Volley. Beach Volley was good. I like it that. Was. It was. It was nice seeing a bit of like a different side, I guess, of like high-key volleyball. Mm-hmm. You know, and seeing Hinata kind of struggle as well when he's usually so bright and like always has like, you know, the way to overcome whatever he's going through. To kind of see him struggling a little bit, I guess, because obviously he was far away from home, was quite interesting and added a little bit more to his character, I feel like. Yeah. It's always easy to think of Hinata as like, you know, the bright boy, you know, who's always smiling, which he is. But like, it was kind of nice to see him actually going through a bit of like a difficult time and like, you know, seeing him struggle, like, yeah, and then obviously was. pick himself back up. <laughs> I like the fact that Oikawa was there as well, because was, there was this scene where um, he's trying to receive this, the, the ball and then he doesn't. Because of like the wind, and he's like, yeah. oh wait, that's not like I, volleyball. <laughs> I didn't even think of like, you would think obviously like the wind would affect it, but like I didn't even think of that in a way. Me like, neither. I don't know, like my like my brain just wasn't thinking of that. Yeah, and also I really like, you know, um, when Hinata um, is like playing with the jackals, 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 whatever, <laughs> uh, where he just, he hits the ball to like, he got this habit of like removing the sand off the ball and I just I just thought that was a nice detail yeah of like the time that he spent in Brazil and like you know how he actually affected him and it was kind of like ingrained in him so that was our first episode of our podcast <laughs> talking about underrated characters but then we kind of got a bit carried away and just started talking about Haikyuu in general <laughs> yeah I think sometimes you just have to let your brain not really function that well and just kind of let your mouth run and talk about yeah. your interests. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next time, what are we going to talk about next time? I think we should go for Demon Slayer. I think we should bring a bit of sadness to the table. <laughs> Especially because the train arc movie is going to come out in October. Oh, I yeah. like it would be good to speak about that and just kind of refresh our yeah. <laughs> about what's going to happen. We're just going to talk about like the saddest death. Yeah, literally, and just the way yeah. the anime and manga is just so good. The way it's written is amazing. It is. It's. I think the writing is so incredible. It's so good. It's like Haikyuu, but like different. 
Because, well, like with more killings, with killings yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, people are dying, people are killing other people and demons. But also, like the fact that it's not overall, it's not a sad story. Because like it, it's about hope. Yeah. The whole message and like the last chapters really solidified that idea that it's not a dumb anime about just demons staying. It's yeah. Like, it's more than that, so... There's, like, a lot of hidden messages, I feel like. It's, like, it can be quite symbolic, I feel like, in a way. Yeah. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't go off about it now. We'll yeah. save that for the next chapter. <laughs> we'll take, well, the okay. next episode, actually. Yeah. Oh. All right, then. That was Bye. it from us. Bye, I guess. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>